This is Do We Like Movies. It's a podcast where two guys review individual movies, sequels, and occasional television shows. In this show, we talk about our experiences with them, and we answer the question, do we like this movie? Welcome to Do We Like Movies. I'm your host, Angel. And I'm your... I don't even know what to call myself. <laughs> Back at it, doing the same thing we did last time. Nothing different. Oh, Avi. Yeah. And uh, here we are, again, talking... Well, this time we're talking 22 Jump Street, the sequel to the 2012 uh, 21 Jump Street movie, which ended up being, a, as we said, surprise success. It was a pretty quick turnaround time on a sequel too, because this movie came out literally two years later. Yeah, it's it's and again another one where we talked about how Twenty One Jump Street. I hadn't watched the entire thing in one go. This movie, I hadn't watched any of it, <laughs> so this is my really? this is my first time watching this movie, pretty much. <laughs> Uh, this is a really interesting movie. <laughs> uh, this is where they take the meta-ness that of 21 Jump Street and they turn it up several fucking notches and live not just in the end. And I mean, yeah, it gets copped off in the in the end and title uh sequence. But it's like all throughout everything about this movie is even like poking fun at the previous movie. It it, it does not care. I love it. Yeah, it fully explains why there's going to be no sequel past this again, which is fine. It's like you basically create a franchise that's popular and you get to <laughs> go out on your own terms, basically. Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, that like instead of taking the piss out, you know, or someone else taking the piss out of it, they take the piss out themselves and it's pretty great. It's kind of like uh, it reminds me of the ending sequence of uh, of Deadpool two, where it's so tongue in cheek, making mm-hmm. fun of Ryan Reynolds, mm-hmm. well, uh, especially with Deadpool just like jumping through time. But anyway, yeah. So yeah, this movie not much to say as far as production goes. It literally Twenty One Jump Street was popular. Twenty Two Jump Street got greenlit almost immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Same cast, same crew. Rob Riggle returns. Little Dave Franco returns for a little bit. <laughs> Ice Cube comes back. This also has Jillian Bell, Peter Stormare, who's always great when you want someone to look creepy. And my personal favorite, which people might recognize from uh, what's it called, Falcon and Winter Soldier, is we got good old Wyatt Russell, the son of. Goldie Hawn and Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, I actually did not even realize that until I saw IMDb after watching this. Really? Like, the moment I saw him, I'm like, I've seen that jawline before. <laughs> Just have it growl something at me and call it Snake Plissken. <laughs> but yeah, it's a really interesting movie. I guess, what are your, what was your experience watching it? Well, again, I was probably in good in good, like frame of mind to watch this because i had just seen the uh the first one the week before uh immediately it's the same thing i noticed the meta quality of this movie which i also very much appreciated i think it's fun you're 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 basically like 
sequels in themselves like you have to contrive like there there are contrivances that exist everywhere that like force you to bring characters that have already like resolved an issue to come in and do it again which is like you know last time we were there was that middle section of the movie where uh jenko and schmidt are like you know against or, or or at odds with each other and they have to end up coming back together and they poke fun at the fact that they're gonna have to do this again and uh you know when they see captain dixon he is now like in the upgraded uh 20 21 jump street <laughs> uh headquarters which is funny there was a time a few years ago where they talked about how they wanted there to be some sort of 21 jump street men in black crossover movie and i did that didn't make any sense to me until i saw this movie and then i saw like the headquarters like it really felt like we were watching not just something out of men in black but also another ice cube you know movie triple x state of the union oh my god <laughs> where, where where we had the ridiculously like high tech like uh secret agent layer that like had no business being basically proto shield as it was that movie will forever <laughs> be the bane of my existence and i will always die a little inside whenever it comes up in another episode that movie will always be like one of the greatest movies i've ever done in the history of this show we haven't done that many no we've done a lot of this play. we've done yeah. quite a few movies yeah we've been here <laughs> We've been here for a long time at this point. Yeah, we're still here, you bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're here. We're still here, even though you're trying to keep us all down, life. We're still yeah, here. You... <laughs> yeah, fuck you, universe. Yeah, you fucking fucks. <laughs> yeah, let's tempt fate. <laughs> oh, man. Um, My experience with this movie was I watched it, watched it with friend of the Joe or friend of the Joe. Nice <laughs> friend of the show, Joey. <laughs> friend of I'm the Joe, Joey. Not, yeah, I'm friends of the Joe, <laughs> and yeah, I think we like we we were talking about how this movie, like Twenty One Jump Street's hilarious, but this one's like low key more quotable. But then I'm like. I can't remember anything right now because you know, like I'm pretty sure I'll come up the more we talk about this movie. But it was one of those <laughs> where I remember being like, "No, the original is better." And then I rewatched Twenty Two Jump Street a couple times. And I'm like, I don't know, man. Jenko mm-hmm. is pretty great in this movie. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I think the best way to do it is just let let's start let's stop grab ass and just jump into it. You down? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, this movie picks up, you know, after the other one left off uh you know now ice cube well captain dixon sends schmidt and jenko to a call well at the end of the last movie he was going to send them to college now in this mm-hmm. movie we pick up and it's like community it's, college or it's like a university of phoenix like well online no college well no i mean specifically like at the beginning of this movie it's like it was the the scene that everyone remembered from the trailers of this movie, which was like Jenko and Schmidt like dressed up as cholos, like meeting these like drug dealers. Well, <laughs> well, that's what it was. They were watching. They were sitting in on online class so that they can pick <laughs> up on code words, and the code words were meeting at the docks at four p.m. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what the. 
like the entire like opening sequence is immediately stupid as hell and i love it <laughs> and that's when they go and they meet like they drive the the what i guess it was a camaro again not a car guy and then like there's that scene of or that part of schmidt just being like excuse me uh, i need to get in character i need complete yeah. silence while i get in character <laughs> yes which again this is one of those things where it's like you'd probably be less inclined to enjoy actors like putting on like fake cholo accents like <laughs> white guys for the sake of you know making fun of a certain subculture but uh you know I- i'll accept it in this movie it's so hard because part of me you know the whole like you know la raza is at odds with the fact that it's fucking hilarious well the other thing too is it, it'd be one thing if they were just doing it like as a way to tease like you know another culture but i think the other thing that they do that kind of like makes it okay for me in this case is uh while schmidt is able to pull off the accent in a way that's almost offensively good, Jenko is equally offensively bad at this. Well, wasn't there like introduce yourselves? Yeah, my name is Spider, and then this is my friend. My name's Yef. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what accent he's trying to pull off in this scene. <laughs> I fucking hate Channing Tatum so much. It is like some sort of like it is your is some sort of Eastern European sounding accent. He's like mixing every possible ethnic accent into like three words, and I loved it. It almost reminds me of like if you ever watched the movie I Love You Man with Paul Rudd, when like he keeps trying to do accents, and every accent he does ends up sounding like a leprechaun at some point. Oh my god, then Schmidt's like egging him on to try to get him to keep talking. Yeah. Like, oh, why don't you tell me about that very descriptive story? <laughs> Um, <laughs> I just love Jacob's like it was me and Dora and Boo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god. It is the <laughs> it is the dumbest shit that I've seen in a movie in so long. And it like really made me laugh my ass off. Like Jesus Christ, like, that opening scene is so fucking good. And like I don't know if anyone wrote that or if that was improv i mean i can believe it either way i can believe someone was good enough to actually like come up with that stupid bit i also believe that i can also believe if um if uh, uh jonah hill and and channing tatum were literally just riffing the entire time because that was like it felt really again it goes back to how good their fucking chemistry is ever since the, the first, first movie. movie had good gags and good riffs this movie i I don't know if it's as good as the first one, mm-hmm. but it's got two of the funniest. Like it has the funniest bits in it. Like mm-hmm. I laughed ostensibly louder during this than I did than I did for the first one, despite the fact that I really like that first one. But oh, all right, man. so one of the reasons why they are going undercover here is they're they're supposed to be trying to find another synthetic drug, right? Well, yeah, well, originally they were trying to find the ghost who was like the big drug dealer in Metro Mm -hmm. City. 
and the ghost ends up getting away after um, a quick gunfight between Janko and Schmidt and the, and the drug dealers. And they manage to escape, um, which then pretty much busts Janko and Schmidt back to 21 Jump Street. But this time they've been moved over across the street to 22 Jump Street. And the idea is that they have to do the same thing, is that there's a new synthetic drug and the guys are given the same assignment, go infiltrate the dealers and find the supply. Okay, so this movie, the beginning of this movie, and this has been done in lots of movies, but for some reason, the one that came to mind when I was watching this is Hannibal, the second, mm-hmm. <laughs> the sequel to Silence of the Lambs. Go on! <laughs> because it is like, by the end, if you watch a movie like Silence of the Lambs, which you haven't done on this podcast yet, and hopefully maybe we do it sometime this October, mm-hmm. but it is one of those, it's one of those movies that I would say has a perfect ending. Mm-hmm. Like it is just a perfect story from start to finish and has a perfect ending. So the sequel naturally has to come in and undo everything in the most unsatisfying fashion. And that is exactly what this scene is meant to be doing as well. So in that scene, it's like, A, you're disappointed because Julianne Moore is now playing Clarice Starling and has like, you know, the recast of Jodie Foster. And then the other one is just like the fact that they're putting her in these ridiculous situations where she's in some sort of sting operation that's gone wrong and another fellow agent dies. And suddenly the strong like character that you felt had done the full arc in the last movie now has to be broken down all over again and lose everything for the sake of having to come back and be the hero again. So this movie is doing that trope where it's, uh, you know, hey, now we've been promoted. Now we do the giant fuck up in the beginning. And then now we just have to go into reverse and revert back to what we did the last time. Mm -hmm. And I mean, again, this movie is very much using an old and time tested trope. But I mean, it's also doing it because it's poking fun at the very trope itself. Well, and and they kind of do have to do this because, A, in 2012, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill looked old already. And uh, to be playing high school students in 2014, Channing Tatum looks noticeably older in just two years. And, and it just would make less and less sense for them to be young. And I think they even make the gag of that. So it's like Jonah Hill looks like he aged like people. (laughs) These guys are aging like U.S. presidents. Like we like that's the thing about Jonah Hill. Like I know he's been going, he's gone through a lot. He's like, you know, he's struggled a lot with his own mental health and with this whole body image and stuff. So I don't want to rag on the guy, but there, you know, there's like some noticeable differences between even in the last couple of years, like some of the roles he's taken. Mm-hmm. Or I'm I'm sorry, not in the last couple of years, but like specifically during this time, because I think people were so used to thinking of him as Seth from. Uh, what's it called um super bad from super bad that it's crazy to think about that that from the time this movie came out to super bad it's been like seven years seven years it was nearly a decade it was nearly a decade and they were already older which is like that that you have to turn that into the gag now 
the mm-hmm. gag and that's why they're like oh we got to go back to high school and then like captain dixon basically said no you guys are old as fuck why did i send you back to high school <laughs> and the idea is like now we're like all right well now you're gonna go to college and you're gonna go to college because you know whatever for for whatever the reasons are and um and then we well, get yeah. before we move on from 22 jump street the like actual division they make a joke about how there's 23 jump street as being under construction and some <laughs> other notable gags in uh in the vietnamese oh that they move from the korean church to the vietnamese church yeah. across the street that they have a giant like ice cube has this giant glass ice cube type of office in the middle of the church and now instead of uh korean jesus they pray to vietnamese jesus <laughs> so oh and the nerds from uh from 21 jump street make a return and they're like the it gadget i guys. love that i love that so much it's like and, and they're like still best buds with jenko <laughs> i know that was my favorite part where they all start force choking each other and schmidt's like you fucking nerd. <laughs> Yes, I I love that. It was <laughs> it's so funny good. to see Jenko do that too. Like just seeing how much of a jock he was in the last movie to just see him embrace his nerd now is uh, it's great. Um, okay, so we introduced them into the college setting now, and um, Metro University, where they are trying <laughs> again. Super generic names. I love it. Where they're trying to find the synthetic drug uh, Wi-Fi, which is, stands for work hard, yes, play hard, yes. <laughs> yeah. It's funny when I saw it, too, because I was like, what the fuck is Weepy? And then, like, and then, and then he goes, he goes, Wi-Fi. Like, the way he, like, just talks shit to him, he goes, no, dumbasses, Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I think, I love that the drugs, like, in this, like, series are all, like, they're all like different versions of like ADD like <laughs> shit. It's all like like they already know. Oh well, yeah, millennials and Gen Zers are like all popped up on Adderall, so let's just make that like the joke. Or it's just like all these like hyper focused drugs that basically become weaponized. Yeah, pretty much the two drugs that all fucking Gen Zers <laughs> and millennials love are Adderall and ecstasy. So <laughs> why not put them together? And that's what everyone takes all the goddamn time. <laughs> but yeah, this is where they go to. Yeah, they so they go to college. They meet the uh, the twins across the the street. The the Yangs, mm-hmm. or not across the street? Sorry, across the hall. Um, and you find out that. You know, they have the 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 twin connection where they say the same thing. And those guys are actual comedians. Like, they actually do bits uh, where they riff together on, on stage. Um, and then it's funny, like, you have the scene where Janko and Schmidt tried to do the same thing, but, um, like, completely can't. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> love the twins. I really did. <laughs> they're pretty, yeah, they're goofy. I really, I really enjoyed them, too. And then... Um, yeah, and from there, I'm trying to think. What are some other notable guys? Oh, the, from there, they're pretty much trying to they're trying to go to class and familiarize themselves with uh, campus and try to and try to learn. Right, they're trying to learn where they can find the drugs. Like you have the scene where Schmidt tries to talk to some random dude, and he's like, "Hey, work hard, play hard." Am I right? And the guy's <laughs> like, "You're a fucking narc." 
<laughs> he's like, if you really want to get Wi-Fi, just go back to the evidence locker because you look like a cop. He goes, you're wearing your badge right now. And when he checks, he's like, you see, you just look for your badge. <laughs> like, you have that scene. You have the scene where... um What's his name? Patton Oswalt is like this batshit crazy professor talking about uh <laughs> talking about how he's tenured so he can sleep with all the students he wants. <laughs> and he's like, I can say anything. I can see the Eiffel Tower is made of dildos. And then he makes uh Jenko say Fiato for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, pretty much the they're they're just crossing off um they're trying to find out who the uh drug dealers and the suppliers was. And or the drug dealer and who was uh, the seller based on this picture they had, uh, where it looks like the only identifying mark they have is a dude that has a uh, bazooka tattoo on his bicep. So uh, Janko ends up becoming really good friends with uh, two football players by the name of Zook and Rooster, um, who essentially become the number one suspects for the guys, or at least for Schmidt. Yeah. Uh, because the, he just feel like, like you know originally it's just the the idea that's the that's the jocks that are kind of behind it. Um, also, Zook and Rooster don't get along with Schmidt at all. But then um, <laughs> Schmidt ends up hitting it off with all the like pretentious hipster kids, <laughs> and that's actually where he meets a student named Maya, and they kind of begin a relationship. Uh, their relationship starts when he goes to a poetry slam event on campus mm-hmm. which you know not my <laughs> cup of tea like <laughs> i like poetry and i think when done right it's awesome but poetry slam i never understood it and i thought that you know schmidt going up there and doing like the kind of poking fun at poetry slams i was like yeah that's kind of how i feel about it <laughs> i mean i had lots of friends who'd like part would like to partake in uh, spoken word and stuff like that so i appreciate that stuff but it's not it's not stuff that i go see now but it probably would be something i'd go see in college so i i probably would be the poetry slam person out of the two of us <laughs> you look like the poetry slam person <laughs> you are the schmidt of this group and i am the janko i think I technically because you were the jock and I was the nerd. I did. Hey, I'm a nerd. That's true. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but I definitely was never a jock. I was more the slacker in high school. Nah, and I became the slacker as well. <laughs> That's the thing. I transcend groups. Uh, the yeah. actor who plays Rooster uh, again. This is kind of like the last movie where like some of these actors like become other people later on like on stuff i watched like uh mm-hmm. rooster i've seen him in a few movies and he's also on this uh, i think it's an abc show uh called uh home economics with uh topher grace so like mm. i've seen him and stuff um, yeah, um you're talking about uh joey tatro jo- yeah jo- yeah, yeah. Fuck. and then the other one is uh the guy who plays uh spencer i think is one of the college kids is uh what's it called uh What's Craig Roberts, Greg, yeah, and and Craig Roberts, <laughs> I know from uh, the series Red Oaks, which I've talked about like several times on this podcast. Oh, that is the kid from Red Oaks. High recommend, always again for for anyone else. Yeah, Ooh. if you love the eighties, that's that's your jam right there. Yeah, and it's Jimmy Tatro. That's what I was thinking of. Gotcha. All right, Tatro. Or the fuck you pronounce his name? I don't know. Yeah, but yeah. So- he- 
Oh, so no, go much, ahead. Yeah, so much of the early part of this movie is really just uh, Jenko getting in with the football players, Schmidt getting involved with, I guess, poetry, but really more than anything, Maya. And, yeah, he's uh, getting in Maya. High five. <laughs> <laughs> um, it starts off as a hookup, you know, and uh, I think it's really funny the scene. The, the scene, I guess, he, Schmidt ends up discovering that uh, Maya is friends with the person who was killed, who I cannot remember now. Who uh, was... Cynthia. Cynthia's dead. She's right. dead. Cynthia, dead. Who was, <laughs> Cynthia, who was the person that, you know, overdosed on Wi-Fi and died. And oh, yeah, I... that's what it was, is that she took a bunch of Wi-Fi and either jumped off the building or she... Yeah, over... oh, yeah something like that happened. So it's like you spend time in this movie wondering, hey, at least early on, you're like, hey, maybe Maya, does she have anything to do with this? Uh, but after she and Schmidt sleep together, we find out that uh, Maya is actually rooming with uh, Mercedes with Jillian <laughs> Bell. Yeah. Who was the who was the former roommate of uh, gosh, what is this girl's name again? Cynthia. Cynthia, thank you. Gosh, I'm so bad at this. So <laughs> bad at this. I did like that the scene where uh, Mercedes and Schmidt are <laughs> right away, they start going back and forth. And the only insults that Mercedes can come up with are about the fact that Schmidt is old. <laughs> You're like a 40 year old, 19 year old. <laughs> 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 Whenever you orgasm, it sounds like a 20 year old sprinkler going off the first time. <laughs> <laughs> she straight roasts him and the best part is you can tell he's uncomfortable and can't come up with anything fast enough <laughs> so yeah. he just has to sit there and be like oh um well okay i gotta go <laughs> and then it's really funny because schmidt right immediately like kind of goes into Oh yeah, you know it'd be fun to hang out together, and then Maya hits him with the "I don't know if I even find you attractive when I'm sober." <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, that doesn't even hurt at all. Like, I'm okay with that." So yeah, there's like funny interactions between them. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Janko is made. You know, he's getting in with um, with the football players where yeah where they want to i think at that point is where they want him to like join the uh join the fraternity slash football team they're on i guess but anyway the you know this all you know this all takes place schmidt has a um a very or Schmidt has a kind of weird relationship kind of on off again with maya uh throughout the the rest of the school year um even though like why is trying to take it serious uh but when they're unable to uh find out who the dealer is because they're kind of like they're doing the same thing they did in the first movie where they get too involved with what's going on in in, this, in college they had to go talk to uh mr walters and eric from the first movie who's in jail and <laughs> So he had the return of Jay, uh, I'm sorry, Dave Franco and uh, Rob Riggle. And I love Rob Riggle. He's still hilarious. This scene is very yikes in, in, in 
the sense that it's vague comes off pretty transphobic in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty shocking. Um, like, I did laugh at this again. Sorry, I just laughed at the complete inappropriateness of it. But really, the funniest joke in all of this is eventually when uh, Coach starts doing the impression of Schmidt. <laughs> that is the best part to me of this whole <laughs> The best part is when he like tells Eric, hey, close your eyes, Eric. Who's this? And he goes, Schmidt be the bitch. <laughs> You're like, yeah, these guys are smart. I'm like, Eric, who's a big dummy. I was supposed to go to Berkeley. <laughs> I guess just like, like Eric's just in this giant pit of despair. <laughs> they have brought back the villains of part one to appropriately repunish them after the end of the first movie. Oh, it's really good. But anyway, Walters is the one that, uh, yeah, Coach Walters is the one that points out the uh, bazooka tattoo. And while uh, Janko's hanging out, uh, with the football players, he thinks uh, Rooster might have the tattoo they're looking for. Um, but he realizes Rooster has like, again, this this that how good they are at being meta has a literal like tattoo of a red herring on his bicep <laughs> to let you know that that is a red herring. It's something that's like it's supposed to mean something, but it really doesn't. So I thought that was great. That little gag made me laugh. But that's when uh, he finds out that Zook is actually the one that has the bazooka tattoo. Which then, you know, leads their investigation to think that Zook is the drug dealer and like he's the one that's connected to the ghost. Or at least the, the, the supplier that's bringing Wi-Fi on campus. Um, and, it's a, and at that point, uh, Rooster and Zook try to kidnap Schmidt and Jenko. And try to get them to, um, or they have them pledge for the fraternity or for their fraternity, where they kidnap them for the night uh, while they are high as balls on Wi Fi. <laughs> because the twin, the Yang twins ended up making them like, like pretty much dose brownies. And while they are like coming up with a plan uh, to try to figure out how to get Zook. Uh, that's when the when the Yangs tell them, hey, yeah, you guys are about to be really high in about a minute. They're like, what? And that's when they're like, yeah, those are dose brownies. And my favorite part is Schmidt's reaction. He goes, I've had four. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to get fucked. <laughs> so from there, like you were saying, that's where they get super hyper-focused. They cover the fraternity house with, like, uh, with, with, Pretty much, they blow the budget. There's the there's the joke that they get carte blanche on uh, on their budget, but they end up blowing the budget, putting like thirty cameras in this fraternity. I love that. Like it basically ends up being uh, Captain Dixon's fault as well because of the because of the uh, the hideout that they have that basically like has eaten up most of the budget. <laughs> And I love the joke where Jenkins like, I thought we had Kate Blanchett. And he's like, Carp Blanche, you dumbass. <laughs> I forgot about that joke. <laughs> I like how this episode is just us like recalling the jokes of this movie. <laughs> I mean, that's this movie 
it's really it doesn't just... really have a storyline. Like a lot of this movie is gags. Oh yeah, and hundred uh, percent. Though this review was going to be us talking about the gags because these are great. Well, the, and then one of this, you know, at some point in the movie, uh, there's Schmidt like basically announcing that he's had sex and uh, him getting like kudos from everyone, including Captain Dixon, for actually getting laid. And uh, this is the part where they now are now losing money is like where we discover, you know, it's like the scene right before that uh, Schmidt ends up running into Maya again on campus for some sort of campus event. And uh, they end up meeting Schmidt's parents from the last movie who were, you know, again, Schmidt's mother is as embarrassing as she was the first time. And mm-hmm. uh, at that moment, we also discover that, that Maya's father is Captain Dixon. And <laughs> Ice Cube is absolutely fucking furious when he sees that Schmidt is the one who's there. And I also really like what I like about this, too, is the fact that, you know, Mrs. Dixon is played by Queen Latifah. <laughs> the following 20 minutes are fucking <laughs> comedy gold because it goes into the it goes into Dixon responding to Doug or to, to Schmidt dating Maya. And it's like, oh, sorry about that. But it's like, um, yeah, the next like the next scene is just him having a complete meltdown in the middle <laughs> of like the family brunch where he starts tossing like the green beans and <laughs> he's yelling at the at the waiter and he's like what i like green beans can i have the green beans what the fuck are we in a recession well even before that like when he's like asking for water at the table <laughs> <laughs> and Schmidt is trying so hard to agree with him. <laughs> he just goes, he's well, he goes, what a what's a black man gotta do to get water? And Schmidt goes, Schmidt goes, can somebody get us some water? He's black and he's had a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god. <laughs> and then like when he starts texting him, hey Doug, it was nice meeting you, Doug. I'm gonna kill you, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> and Maya's like why does my dad have your number <laughs> and he just like ignores it but that, but pretty much that leads into um, that lead <laughs> after um, after Schmidt and Janko they go to uh, they go to like <laughs> one of the psych like the psych professors and they realize that they take the first they, they realize they went they, they had this phenomenon where they take the one bit of information that's what they focused on so while this entire time they thought that zook was the dealer they didn't think of the possibility that cynthia was actually the real dealer and she was dealing to zook um so when they try to present that uh idea to uh captain dixon <laughs> Janko's completely out of the loop, has no idea what Maya's been or that uh Schmidt and Maya were banging. So <laughs> it just like the scene opens up with Schmidt putting on like a bulletproof vest <laughs> and Dixon just pointing the gun at him on the or putting the gun down on the uh on the uh what's it called on the desk and to see the hamster run on the wheel in Channing Tatum's like head. And like you, you're able to pinpoint the exact moment the character puts together that Schmidt had sex with the captain's <laughs> daughter. It's so fucking 
fucking good. And that gag might be my favorite gag in the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he just starts like scream laughing like when he finds out. And then he just goes outside. Hey, yo, Smith, fuck the captain's daughter. And he's like just running around like skipping and singing it. Smith, <laughs> fuck the captain's daughter. <laughs> and Dixon like looks at it. He goes, he goes, every time you say that shit, it's another foot in your ass. <laughs> And he just like does not take his eyes off of Schmidt and like starts twitching as he continues to hear Jenko like singing and skipping. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> and of course, like they're not able to move past it until Captain uh Dixon finally gets to shoot Schmidt in the balls with the taser. <laughs> oh, that that whole that that whole bit just had me dying from the moment that Dixon finds out to the end of that scene in the office. It was so good. Oh man. But yeah, it's at this point that uh, after they realize Zook isn't the dealer, but that he's a customer, um, they actually find the Jenko and Schmidt actually find the ghost and his guys on campus. So it's the same group that uh, Jenko and Schmidt tried to bust at the beginning of the film going literally doing the exact same thing as 21 jump street said that before it was the one percenters and the motorcycle gang which then leads to a chase through campus um where <laughs> where they're told that the department doesn't have any more money so not to like destroy anything and it's like as they go on this like wild chase through campus they literally crash into everything imaginable. <laughs> They like go through the science building. They go through art installations. At one point, when they go through the science lab, one of you know, Tatum just goes, "Man, there was a lot of expensive stuff in there. I can't believe we blew it all up." <laughs> but it's funny, like you know, like the whole thing is just played again for meta joke. And then um, you know, the chase ends when the ghost and his man are try to uh, follow follow the the. You know, follow our heroes into the um, the football stadium. They end up getting stuck and <laughs> losing control of the golf cart. Both of them end up bailing, which causes the golf cart to crash into a field goal post and explode. <laughs> because again, these movies have a fun time just exploding random shit. And the, which you know, there's another running gag where H. John Benjamin is the head coach of uh, the football team and does not think they're good at all, <laughs> but he ends up like trying to stop players or stop fans from knocking over the uh, the field goal post by cementing them into the field. But the explosion makes it fall over. Everyone like ends up going crazy. But at this point uh, is the part where Janko and Schmidt have the split because Janko, much like Schmidt, when he thought he can go to college in 21 Jump Street, in 22 Jump Street, Janko thinks he can go and play like D1 college ball. And, you know, you have the, you know, they go where Schmidt goes and becomes a fight cop again. And then uh, Janko is like, pretty much living the life of a college kid like that you know college athlete where all they do is party drink and like work out but then it's funny of course they start missing each other and then they have the reunion scene where they end up back at the park and (laughs) you're left to assume that Janko maybe got fired 
like the, I try not to think about it too much because again it's a comedy and whatnot but literally you're left to assume that Janko like literally picked college over being a cop so he probably got fired from the department and is no longer a cop but it's at this point where um you know as spring break comes around um you know they meet up and Schmidt and uh Janko decide that they want to uh, team up one more time so that they can stop the ghost once and for all. Uh, and so they go to sunny Puerto Mexico. <laughs> that one made me laugh too. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> you can literally pick Puerto Vallarta. Like it's an actual place. <laughs> but they end, end up going to this fake place down in Mexico uh, for spring break. And I personally never went on one of those trips i remember my buddy was trying to get me to go with him and then i was just like like i remember thinking like from my hard partying days where i was like oh yeah i can totally like party a weekend straight but this was like you know these are like week long where like promoters rent out entire hotels and turn it like a festival kind of thing and I remember hearing that by like the end, people were so fucking tired. <laughs> people were so out of it from all the drinking and partying. <laughs> I was just like, oh God, it sounds like, it just sounds like it, like by the third day, you're just tapping out. Like I bet that place smelled like gonorrhea and bad decisions. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, Django Schmidt go down to Mexico um they head to the beach uh to try to find uh the ghost as they're trying to stop wi-fi from going viral mm-hmm. uh inside the bar they're able they track down the ghost to a bar where they find out that mercedes is actually the ghost's daughter and that she's been using her friends in the dorms to kind of be her dealer network and so she's giving instructions uh to everyone um and Jenko and, and Schmidt kind of like burst in and try to try to get the, you know, try to get the drop on everyone, which then leads to an argument between the two because they're immediately outgunned by everyone in the, in the room. And as they're arguing about who brought the transmitter and who didn't, it gives the rest of Jump Street the chance to kind of like ambush the drug dealers and you find out that the fight was fake. This is where... <laughs> where Ice Cube kicks in the door and says, we jump street. And then Schmidt goes, yeah, we jump, oh, was it, we jumping in that ass or something like that. Yeah. Anyway, this leads to a gunfight between the dealers and um, and uh, Jump Street Division, and uh, the ghost ends up getting away, along with Mercedes as well. So the so the two uh, Janko and Schmidt had to split up. So because uh, Schmidt isn't in nearly as good shape as Janko, he has to actually commandeer a Lamborghini. Which throughout the entire movie, Janko <laughs> it's like Janko about. wanted. Yeah. That's been his dream car since the beginning. <laughs> so you know. Like Janko gets extra mad at the ghost because he has to chase him for missing his chance to drive the Lamborghini. Uh, he cha- and Schmidt gets in the car, chases after Mercedes, who's taken uh, Dixon hostage. And 
you know, this leads to kind of like a fight, uh, two separate fights where Schmidt is on the beach. No, I'm sorry. Uh, Django's on the beach and he's fighting like the ghost and a bunch of his henchmen at one point using like a drunk girl as a weapon and like swinging her around <laughs> and knock dudes out. <laughs> Meanwhile, Schmidt and Mercedes. Oh, this is it. This is this. This is my like, <laughs> it ended up being my favorite gag of the entire movie i did not think it was gonna like i didn't think it was gonna get much funnier than schmidt fucked the captain's daughter but this shit was fucking hilarious oh my god first he's making all the jokes about him being an old man while they're like both about to start fighting each other and they start like actually wailing on each other and every time he like hits her not that hard because he obviously doesn't want to strike a woman she keeps calling him a bitch and basically talking about how he doesn't hit hard and then like after that they like start really getting into it and Mercedes like as she's fighting him is leaning in like she's about to kiss me like she's about to kiss him and he just goes wait what no no I'm <laughs> Yeah, she was she's so hated Schmidt throughout the entire movie that of course she wants to have sex with him. Like <laughs> she's just like for some reason attracted to him because like several times she leans in like she's about to kiss him and then she blames him for being the one who's initiating it. She's like, You're trying to kiss me, are you trying to fight me or fuck me? <laughs> My favorite part is that she goes, Stop trying to Mr. and Mrs. Smith me. He's like, I'm not trying to Mr. Mrs. uncomfortable and he goes okay i'm gonna give you an out you just punch me in the face and we're never gonna talk about this again <laughs> and then she does and then i think she still tries to lean in for a kiss it's so good and as, so as they're like chasing uh or you know he keeps chasing after um after mercedes who ends up getting the getting the drop on Schmidt and like taking him hostage as Dixon like limps his way over and you know is threatening to shoot Mercedes through Schmidt because <laughs> he's still angry about Maya and Schmidt getting hooking up. And you know what we learn is that he's actually buying enough time for Maya to grab like just a blunt object and just hit Mercedes over the head with it. Uh, she handcuffs Mercedes and gives Schmidt um, the opening to go back up Janko. So they run to the they run to the what's it called uh, the rooftop where there's a helicopter waiting for them. And after a gunfight with one of the drug dealers, Schmidt tries to jump in the way to take a bullet for Janko the way Janko did in the first movie. Ends up mistiming it and Janko gets shot in the same arm. <laughs> Which then Janko gets really mad about. They move on. Where uh Janko where Janko ends up like jumping as, onto the helicopter right as it um right as it starts taking off. And Schmidt, in like a moment of him like recalling all the times he was too scared to do anything physical in this movie whether it was the fight whether it was the the pledging with the with the football fraternity team he ends up going full like mj michael jordan just catching on <laughs> jumping catching on to the uh, helicopter as it flies away 
And uh, both the guys are managed to hold on as the helicopter goes over the ocean. Django almost like falls and, uh, and he ends up grabbing Schmidt's legs before falling into the ocean. And at that point, Janko pulls the... <laughs> or Schmidt tells Janko to grab the grenade that's in his crotch. And he ends up like reaching up his leg and pulls the grenade out from his uh, underwear. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's my dick. That's my dick. <laughs> That's my dick. That's my balls. <laughs> That's my dick again. <laughs> yeah. He's like, why is it so sweaty? <laughs> and then uh, when Schmidt is no longer able to hold on and then has to let go, he tells Janko to say something cool as he throws the grenade. And as both of them falls, he throws the grenade and literally says the phrase something cool. <laughs> The grenade lands into the helicopter and as it flies over to the ocean, it explodes, killing the ghost and uh, the pilot and burning up the rest of the Wi-Fi. Uh, the party goers and spring break folks um, immediately lose their shit on the shore. Uh, the guys have a heartfelt moment getting back to the uh, getting back to the beach, saying how much they love each other. And, you know, Schmidt tells uh, Janko he felt bad about not taking the bullet for Janko. He's like, but it's the thought that counts. And to which Janko responds, no, it's actually taking the bullet. That counts. <laughs> and so he tells him, you know, what it'll do to make him feel better. So Janko tries to shoot Schmidt in the arm. Schmidt ends up getting afraid or, you know, pussing out last minute. The bullet ricochets and hits Jingle again. <laughs> yeah, again. And my favorite part is Dixie comes up and he just goes, instead of like saying anything about them shooting each other, he just goes, stop dicking around. <laughs> and at this point, he announces that uh, he's going to send them to uh, their next assignment, which I believe pretty much takes us to the end of the movie. Yes. Um, it kind that's of instantly ends, and as it instantly ends, that's when we're, like, given the treat of the, like, mid-credits or during-credits fictional sequels. <laughs> that's what it was. Is he, he says they're going to middle, uh, medical school. Yeah, they're going to <laughs> medical school, they go to culinary school, <laughs> they go to the old folks' home. They, there's 21 Jump Street Generations where they meet up with previous detectives from the Jump Street Division. <laughs> the ghost returns. They go to art school. <laughs> they do the joke where Jonah Hill gets replaced by Seth Rogen because there's a contract dispute. <laughs> yeah. And there's one where they go to the seminary. Like, there's just a bunch. It's so good. Yeah, you get like Bill Hader and Seth Rogen in the end credits for this. There's like a cartoon version, kind of like G.I. Joe. There's a video game one. <laughs> but yeah, they effectively shut the door on the sequels by poking fun at the massive amounts of sequels that were to come out later. And yeah, roll final credits. That's 22 Jump Street. <laughs> All right. So, Javi, did you like 22 Jump Street? Absolutely. Like, it's hard because we like a little peek behind the curtain angel and i've been mega busy the last couple weeks and we you know like i was worried that i wasn't going to remember talking about this movie but it's like once you get into it 
yeah <laughs> it all comes back to you <laughs> and there's so many like <clears throat> this movie's so like it's so well written there's just so many jokes there's so many gags like again this is one of those movies that they didn't know what they were getting when they first started like doing the stuff for 21 jump street you can tell this is someone's passion project and people were just having fun working on it and even though it's literally the exact same plot as 21 jump street it's just so well written and it's like it's so funny that you can look past it while normally i would fault any other movie for doing that um force awakens literally being a new hope triple x state of the union uh, triple <laughs> Extreme, I guess this is just one of those movies that's just fun to watch. It's quotable, and again, I love Seth Rogen. Uh, Seth Rogen, I love Jonah Hill, and I love Channing Tatum. Like these guys are fucking great together. <laughs> yeah, uh, obviously, I like this movie as well. I really like that we got to watch these movies again in a time when we're experiencing such personal like change that it's been good to like talk about these movies that are. I guess lighter fare, you know, mm. it's like, you don't really have to like write a dissertation on it. Like while you're watching it and then discuss it, it's been nice to kind of get in here and do some of these like fun, funny movies. And, uh, and, and yeah, and just, and just get into it. It's been very casual and I've appreciated watching this uh, franchise and I'm glad that you recommended we watch it for the podcast. Um, I, also I, before we sign off, the floodgates have been open, turds. We're reviewing horror, I mean, horror movies. We're reviewing comedies. So if you want to <laughs> suggest comedies, go ahead. Um, we'd like to thank you guys for joining us for this episode. Uh, you know, whether you're downloading it on Apple Podcasts or listening on Spotify or any other podcasting platform of your choice. Um, we hope you continue to interact with us on social media or on our Instagram page. And uh, yeah, let us know what you're interested in listening to for the show, because while we do have a bit of a schedule uh, for the rest of this month, uh, it, I am open to hearing, uh, you know, listener requests uh, once we've hit the month of March. So uh, please interact with us on social media. Let us know what you want us to watch. And uh, we, thank you for joining us for this show and continuing to stay with the show as we've been slowing the output for a few weeks but definitely remembering uh you know to provide content for our listeners and excited to now that we're kind of moving in a direction where it's going to be easier to record these weekly episodes again uh we'd just like to thank you guys for your patience with us while we undergo so many personal changes at once yeah, there's a contract dispute. I may sound like Jose, friend of the show, for a couple weeks. <laughs> uh, so thanks for joining us for this episode, and we'll talk to you next week. Later, y'all.